All right, folks, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I'm excited to talk about the Denver Nuggets as we are getting back into the swing of things here. Uh, We're going to talk about a little bit more logistics heading into the Nuggets' upcoming stretch, the final 27 games of the season. This one will be a lot more kind of on the style of what my pods are normally, and this should be a good show. I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing a whole bunch of good info, a whole bunch of good stuff on the final 27 games, the, the stuff that you come to me for in the first place. Should be a lot of fun. Hope everybody's having a good day. The Nuggets practice today. I wasn't able to actually make that practice, uh, just feeling under the weather a little bit, but I'm here now, grinding through it, having a good time, doing what I do best, and that is sharing Nuggets content. Looking forward to hearing from all of you. Hope everybody's having a great, great time. See Cedric is in the chat. Really, really appreciate seeing you, Cedric. See Snowwolf is in the chat as well. Always nice to see a friendly face. Uh, Hope everybody's having a good night And I think the Nuggets are in a really good spot here where we get to talk about them and we actually get to talk about some basketball here really, really soon. The Nuggets will play tomorrow against the Washington Wizards. That should be a good, uh, really nice tune-up game for Denver. Not sure how motivated the Wizards will be, but it'll be nice to see Wes Unsell Jr. Actually, wait, no, he actually got, oh, my mistake. He actually got fired uh, from... Uh, that Wizards job. So that's uh, a little little, uh, unfortunate there. But you get to see Jordan Poole firing up some stuff. That should be interesting. Um, And then Denver's going to go on the road, have a couple games there. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. First segment is going to focus on that post-All-Star break schedule. We're going to focus on the 27 games, just kind of the logistics of it. I've got another video coming out with Swipa tomorrow. That should be Something that I think everybody will look forward to, just about kind of previewing what's to come for the Nuggets over the course of these next couple months. Uh, Segment two here, concerns over the course of the next 27 games. These are things that I'll be thinking about. I think Nuggets fans should be thinking about too, at least. And then segment three, what do the Nuggets actually have to prove? We will get into all of that. Uh, But first, I know that you guys have probably heard already, and if you're in the chat lately then you've been seeing me throw this out here over the course of these uh, this last one especially uh, we got some new shirts we got some new shirts in stock the joker shirt from mile high sports that is an actual mile high sports cover for the magazine uh, a great design from our guy anilo piro he's been putting that out and has done a fantastic job with all the design stuff all the stuff that everybody should be Like, I mean, it's just a cool shirt. That's exactly what people should be looking for. Some sweet swag from what the Nuggets have put out uh, and from what we've been putting out as well over at Mile High Sports. So make sure to go check that out. The link is in the description if you're interested. Go get yourself a shirt. They are not in stock for that much longer. So get one while you still can. All right. Should be good. Really excited for this upcoming segment. Let's talk about the 27 games. Uh, I broke this down a little bit in my chat with Swipa as well, but let's kick off uh, just some numbers here. 27 games, Denver plays 15 at home and 12 on the road. They only play three more back-to-backs, and two of those are actually in the first five games. 
Here are the first five games that the Nuggets will play. As I mentioned, Thursday versus Washington. Uh, They are playing. They'll be fully rested. It looks like Denver will be fully healthy for that one. All their guys are probable. Jamal Murray, KCP, Julian Strother. I'm curious to see what Michael Malone goes with for the rotation. I predicted that he would go with a 10-man rotation heading into uh, the the post-All-Star break section, but then I didn't think that Denver would have a three-game losing streak, so it wouldn't surprise me if Denver kind of tightens up the rotation actually and tries to play a little bit more seriously, although they are facing Washington and then Portland out of this stretch. So if you can't win with a 10-man rotation against those teams, then that's a problem. Uh, But Denver, like I said, Thursday versus Washington, Friday, back-to-back at Portland. Denver will be traveling to the Northwest. Then they'll travel down to San Francisco to face Golden State on Sunday. That is three games and four nights. They'll come back home. They'll play, or they'll have a couple days off, and then they'll play a back-to-back Wednesday versus Sacramento and Thursday versus Miami. So that's actually... A nice little NBA Finals rematch should be interesting to see. Uh, But I'm thinking that that's going to be an opportunity for Denver to get off to a really good start. None of those games are scary. None of those games are ones where Denver should feel like, oh man, we are in over our heads a lot here. Uh, The Sunday game at Golden State will be probably the toughest one, I would guess. Draymond Green probably going to play in that one. It's been a long time since he and Nikola Jokic have actually faced off against each other. It might have been since the 2022 playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. It's been a long time. So the last time Denver was in that building, obviously Jokic at the buzzer beater. So if Denver is going to play that one, if they're interested in really trying to get off to a good start here, that's the one that's really going to block them, I think. But that's the only one that's not associated with a back-to-back. So it's not like it's an easy schedule. And yet... These are the games that are kind of half and half, that are kind of, and you could drop this one, and nobody would really think worse of Denver. Although, if they drop any of the first two, Washington and Portland, there'll be some alarm bells that'll be raised. But if Denver drops the game at Golden State, or versus Sacramento, or versus Miami, like, nobody's going to be really upset. But there's still games that Denver should probably win. So if I'm Denver, I'm trying to get off to at least a 4-1 and one start, or maybe even 5-0, and oh, if I'm being honest. Like, that's a that's a good opportunity for Denver to come away with some, some early wins to kind of set the pace, if you will, for what is going to be a really tough road for a top four seed in the West and, and trying to get the top seed entirely versus Minnesota, OKC, or the Clippers. Like, that is going to be a tough race down the stretch here. And Denver has an opportunity, if they can, to go 4-1, and 5-0, and and really sort of set the tone on what that's going to be like. But going forward, and not, I'm not going to go through all of the games on the schedule, but overall, Denver's got 10 games versus playoff teams. They've got 7 games versus play-in teams. And they've got 10 games versus bottom 10 teams in the NBA. So teams outside of the playoff or the play-in. Pretty even, I'd say. But just looking at the the logistics of the schedule, it's relatively easy because they've got three total back-to-backs. Two of those, as I said, will be in the first five games of the season. So what's really going to happen here is Denver's going to have a couple road games. They're going to have maybe one road trip, one major road trip. But beyond that, it's, it's a relatively straightforward schedule for Denver where 
They've just got to lock in and get into a nice rhythm. They've got a four-game road trip in the middle of March, but outside of that, they don't have to go on the road for more than two games at all. So Denver should be in a pretty good spot. That four-game road trip, by the way, at Miami, at San Antonio, at Dallas, at Minnesota. The trip from Dallas to Minnesota will be very tough, but that is a very, very important game, obviously, so Denver should be up for that one. If they're not, then I don't know what to tell you. But they have an opportunity, I would say, to really put themselves into a position to get back into the race for a top one or top two seed. I'm not going to sit here and say that they're going to overtake any of those other teams, but I do think that they've got at least a fighter's chance if they want to. And really, it's all about want to. It's all about what they want to accomplish, what they want to have happen. And when it comes down to it, if if this team is motivated, if they have the desire to really put the pedal to the metal, then I don't think that there's a team that they that can really match up with them except for maybe Boston. Like everybody else is fighting for second place in that conversation. When Denver is as motivated as they want to be, they are as good as any team in the NBA, if not better. So I really do believe that. And I think that if Denver wants to approach it that way, they will be fine. And Denver... They've just got to show that that is their desire, that they they want to put the pedal to the metal in that regard. So we will see. I'm, I'm very curious. But most important thing to remember is that every game matters here. And if Denver misses one of these games, if they lose, let's say, the Wizards game, then it puts them behind the eight ball in ways that you might not like. And that if they're always, if they're always kind of fighting uphill to try to stay in this race, to try to really clinch a top four seed or anything like that, that that could be an issue. Hypothetically, over the course of these next 27 games, if Denver goes 17 and 10, that's good. It's a good record. It would mean that Denver would be 53 and 29. And that would match what last year's record was. And that would, I think a, a lot of people would be pretty impressed. Like, not impressed, but like, based off of what's happened for Denver this year, Murray missing the time that he did, Denver would be, like, getting the same record would be fine. It would be par for the course, especially because most of what Denver has to prove is in the playoffs anyway. But because of how competitive the top of the West is this year in comparison to last year, it may not be enough for Denver. They might have to exceed what what they're trying to do. Actually, they certainly will have to exceed what their number was last year in order to claim, I'd say, a top two seed. I think that Minnesota and OKC are likely to exceed 54 wins. And the Clippers are, are right there. Like, they, they might get 54-55 themselves. So if Denver wants to really push for a top seed themselves, they're going to have to set a higher pace than 17-10. and 10. They're going to have to play better than that. And that is a, it's a tall task. It's a tall order. Michael Malone has consistently said that he doesn't necessarily want that as a priority that Denver getting the top one or top two seeds in the West is not necessarily at Denver's like forefront of what their goals are. Michael Porter said as much when we talked to him yesterday and that he was they're more concerned necessarily about playing the right way on both sides of the floor and playing the way that they know that they can. And that is a an admirable thing. And if Denver's ready for that, if they play that way, if they find that rhythm, then I won't have any questions. That'll be fine. But it comes down to a lot of concerns that I have 
that I think we can get to on the other side. Uh, but Snowwolf says here, I hope Joker gets another MVP. That would be epic, even though the championship is the main goal. It would be great. Um, and I know that the mentioned earlier comment, the Wizards are the only team that Jokic hasn't gotten a triple-double against. I hope he gets it. I think that I got a good seat for that game. That would be great. That would be that would be great. It would be a nice little that would be a nice little MVP anecdote that you can give. You could say, hey, yeah, he has an MVP or he has a triple-double against every team. Every single one, every single one. And he got that in February of this year. That is something that you can just put on the on the list of, of the accomplishments. And that's a nice, easy way to go get that MVP. But what it's going to take for Joker and what it's going to take for the Nuggets is taking all of these games seriously, trying to put the pedal to the metal. I'm not sure if he's going to want to do that, if he cares enough about it in order to do that. But what could really make the difference there is if Denver needs to win these games in order to claim a top four or top two seed, he's going to have to go pretty hard. So if he does, generally he puts up pretty good numbers. So we will see what he does. But until then, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to chat about uh, just everything on the concerns front that I have for this team at this threshold. But first, everybody, this podcast says, you know, it's brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I mentioned the odds for the MVP in the last podcast. In Whenever you want to go bet odds, whenever you want to go check it, just tap in on that Superbook Sports app. They'll give you all the latest updates, all the latest odds and the props and everything that you could want. And you could bet on game lines. You can bet on anything. Bet on season-ending things, ending goals. And as we get into the rest of the NBA season, never a shortage. Never a, a small opportunity to... Bet on all those different lines with Superbook Sports. You can use the promo code that we have, Mile High, to score up to 250 bucks with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, Superbook will match your first bet up to 250 with promo code Mile High. Download the Superbook Sports app, enter the promo code, get that 250 with the promo code. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We're back. Pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into the show. Don't know if you see, if you're new to the show right here, the the Owl Oswald. Oswald the Owl. Uh, one of the gifts that I picked up from, uh, from my trip during the All-Star break. We named the Owl on the last podcast. So uh, if you argue with the name, argue with the chat. That is the reason. So that's the name that I ultimately picked from the chat. Uh, but really appreciate everybody for tapping in and for taking as much of an interest as you do. Uh, always nice to see a friendly face, phrases, friendly faces in the crowd. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, let's go over concerns. Let's talk about what Denver's got to do over the course of these next 27 games and, and some of the concerns I have for what they have to accomplish. 
I've got four here. First, first one I have is health. Um. <laughs> oh yeah. Are you uh Are you taking credit? Taking credit for it, Cedric? Perfect. <laughs> you You should take credit. I uh I start a, a bunch of different options, and that was the one that I picked. So nice work, nice work, Cedric. <laughs> um. First one I have is health. Health for a lot of uh, a lot of the guys, but most important thing that Nuggets fans have to remember is that this is the way that the team was built. The team was built with the health of every starter in mind. With the like, it's kind of like a house of cards. It's kind of like a you've got your foundation. Jokic is your foundation. Uh, Jamal Murray is your like I, I don't know. He's uh, the walls on on what the house would be. Um, KCP's the kitchen. Aaron Gordon is the the living room, and and MPJ's the garage. I don't know if you want to pick or, or MPJ's the bedroom. I guess we can call him the bedroom. Uh, this is the house. This is the house that Denver's built. And if you take away one of those elements, it doesn't work. It just doesn't. I think the most important thing to remember with this is it's it's all well and good to complain about it and I did complain about it and I think that Denver is probably an un like they're in an unfortunate position here where if you take away any one of those elements then you're going to have an issue. That's what we've learned over the course of the first 55 games and I don't think that Denver can win a championship if you take away one of those elements. So, you have to stay healthy. You have to make sure that everybody's healthy. You have to make sure that the team is firing on full cylinders, that everybody's at 90 to 95% health and, and physical fitness at the point where they need to be in the playoffs. That's April, May, and hopefully June. And if Denver can get through it at that point, then great. That's exactly what you're hoping for. That's exactly what you want. Um, but even if you take away some of the other guys, Reggie Jackson, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, like Peyton Watson especially, does Denver have players that can replace that? Yeah, maybe. Justin Holiday could probably do some of it. There's no doubt. Um, could Zeke Naji? Probably not. Could Hunter Tyson? Probably not. Could Braxton Key? Well, you can't really count on Braxton Key because he's a two-way contract. So if you take away Peyton Watson, that's a problem. Then Denver's got to make sure that they are in full tip-top shape heading into this playoff run, because if they're not, they're not going to win. The good news is that if Denver is fully healthy and opponents have to really contend with that over the course of an entire playoff run, I'm not sure which team is defeating Denver. Like Because Denver's record, when they've got their entire squad fully healthy, is very, very good. They don't mess around that much when they've got the full squad healthy. So I think if they if they get to that place, that is a great thing. It's an exciting aspect for the remainder of the season. But over the course of the next 27 games, you can't prioritize wins. You have to prioritize health. That's just the most important thing. Number two, Denver's got to find a level of edge. And what I mean by edge is a little bit of like irritation, I guess, about other teams trying to challenge them. Oh, you want to challenge us, the defending champions? You want to 
go at Nikola Jokic. You want to go at Jamal Murray. You're trying to, you're talking a little bit. You're trying to prove just how good you are. Okay, that's fine. Denver's goal during this time, like especially in the games that matter, should be to rise to the level of the opposition and that the opposition brings every single time and exceed it every single time. I'm not sure how much they really care about that, but that would be something that I would be curious about. Like Denver hasn't had that many games where they've displayed a lot of edge over the course of this past like 55 games. They have done what's needed to be done. They have not necessarily tried to make any points. They have clocked in. They have done the job and they have clocked out. And sometimes that gets them into trouble. Sometimes the games are closer than they should be. And Denver usually does a good job by the end of it and in clutch time. But for the most part, I'd like to see them blow a team out every once in a while. How cool would that be? I think that if Denver sees that a team wants to challenge them, they should be trying to show that team that it is unwise to try to provoke them. It's unwise to try to get them into a really unfortunate position. They should be trying to put the pedal to the metal a little bit. Win in blowout fashion every once in a while. Denver's got five 20-plus point wins over the course of this entire season. The last one was nearly two months ago. Nearly two months ago. And it was against a an injured Memphis Grizzlies team that had basically just lost John Morant. Or actually, didn't just lose him. But was like he was on his way out at that point to miss that game due to sickness, I think. So... Look, like Denver has not had a 20-point win in a long time. It would be nice to get a couple here or there because they've played a couple of these teams. Like they played Portland twice in a row and lost those games by like nine points or won those games by nine points or 12 points or whatever. And Denver's just kind of sleepwalking at this point. And that should not be the case. Like this is go time. This is ramp up time. This is where you try to become more precise. And Denver just, they need to find that gear. I think. Number three, being more precise. You got to become more precise. This is what like should be on the list of where Denver improves. You could do that in a variety of different ways, but I, I have some detailed points that I'd put out here. Transition offense is the number one factor, in my opinion, of ironing out the details, of becoming a better, more precise team. Denver's transition offense this year has fallen off a cliff. They've been horrible. Usually it's transition defense that falls off a cliff, where Denver's just like not getting back in transition. They're loafing. They're like, ah, well, we'll score on the other end. We'll be fine. That hasn't been the case. Denver's transition defense isn't good, but it's not like horrible. Denver's transition offense is disgusting, is, is a bad, bad place right now. And that's just not good enough. For, for what Denver should be doing at this point and how much talent they actually have. Like Peyton Watson, Christian Brown, those guys should be killing in transition. Anytime you get a stop, they should be driving the paint, getting into the lane, finishing through contact. Like that should be the goal every single time with that group. And then with as many outlet passes as Jokic throws, you should be able to find some open shots here or there. Like should be easy. Hasn't been easy for Denver for whatever reason. The other couple things, defensive rebounding and generating great shots, like those are also things like the defensive rebounding kind of falling off. That's a that is a surprise. Denver's been less precise on the defensive rebounding fronts. Usually they're an elite defensive rebounding team. 
and that has just fallen off. Even with Jokic on the floor, they've suffered a little bit of a setback. So I think that Denver's got to be a little bit better in terms of boxing out, just doing those little things of like being more precise, and that'll help them win games. Also help them prepare for the playoffs. And then the last one here, finding a bench lineup that you can trust. This is one where they may not find this. Like it, it's it is what it is. If they don't, they'll, they'll probably have to piece this together because every year is different. You can't just replicate what happened last year. I know that a lot of people are trying to. Um, <laughs> this is funny. Uh, Jay Huffington comments. They need to work on the Luca Jokic Shea three man weave. Um, it's funny you mentioned that because Swiper and I actually did a video on that earlier today that will be coming out at some point, I think on Friday. So make sure to keep an eye out for that one. But uh, we've got some we've got some good com- content coming, so make sure to keep an eye out for sure. Um, but yeah, in comparison to last year, I know they have the same starting lineup as they did last year, but the bench is different. The feeling is different. The responsibilities are a little bit different. Murray and Porter have assumed a little bit. Actually, Murray specifically has assumed more responsibility and has handled it okay. He hasn't been perfect. Uh, Gordon has been less at the forefront of what's going on, and he probably needs to be a little bit more potent going forward, although he's had some really good games here or there. But the bench is entirely different, and Denver is trying to figure out what their bench lineup should be. And it's taken a long time because, and it took a long time last year, frankly. How many minutes do you think that the Jokic or the the Murray, Gordon, Christian Brown, Jeff Green, and Bruce Brown lineup played last year? Because it wasn't a lot. It really was not a lot of lineups. Uh, during the regular season, let me just uh, let me get to my my good old trusty cleaning the glass here. During the regular season, the lineup of Aaron Gordon, Jamal Murray, Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, and Jeff Green played 15 total possessions and was a minus 6.7 point differential during the regular season. During the playoffs. It was a plus 9.9 net rating. Plus 9.9, nearly plus 10. And the fact that Denver could go to that pretty consistently is their second most used lineup in the playoffs per clean of the glass. The fact that they could go to that last year consistently was a really great thing. But the funny thing is is that they kind of stumbled into that. They knew that they could go to it, but it wasn't like, it wasn't something that they tried a ton. And then they believed that Aaron could do it, and it ultimately worked out. The similarities here are pretty interesting. This year, the Jamal Murray, Reggie Jackson, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, Aaron Gordon lineup, the one that I think that they're going to try in the playoffs, it has not been very good this year. Minus 30.4 net rating, but it's only played 15 possessions, which is pretty ironic because the last one that they played last year only played 15 possessions itself. Now, is the Murray, Reggie, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, Aaron Gordon lineup, is that good enough? Is that something that you should be trying to get to? Are other teams going to be more prepared for lineups like that in the playoffs against Denver this year? Maybe. And then you'll have to pivot. Is that lineup going to be good enough for four playoff rounds? Probably not. 
is probably not going to replicate what Denver did last year with a plus 10 net rating for their bench lineup. That wouldn't make a lot of sense. So I'm not surprised if Denver has to pivot away. They're going to need to be flexible. They're going to need to find opportunities to be flexible and to provide a little bit of variety to what they do. And so that's what I'm looking for over the course of these final 27 games or so. Can they find a group that they like? And if not, like, can they fall back on this one in the playoffs? We'll see. All right, let's take another break. When we come back, we are going to chat about what the Nuggets actually need to prove this year versus uh, what they what they've already accomplished and what they like is is that good enough but first good morning broncos may not be good morning broncos over the course of these next couple couple weeks couple months but make sure to go follow what cody Rourke does on locked on broncos he does a fantastic job and has just continued to be a, a fantastic voice for the broncos here over at mile high sports so make sure to go check that out all right final segment thank you everybody for tuning into the show let's talk about what denver actually needs to prove what is what is the goal here what do they need because I say a lot of these things and I talk about a lot of these different things and like these different layers that, oh man, I want to see this. I want to see that. I want to see uh, Denver dominates. Like, do they have to? Do they have to do that? What if they did exactly what they did over the course of these first 55 games? They have a 36 and 19 record and they translate that to the next 27 games. And then lo and behold, that is what ultimately becomes their record going forward. Right now, they have a 65.5 winning percentage. So if I multiply that by 82, Denver's on pace for 53.7 wins. So 53 wins, 54 wins, somewhere around there. What if they just did that? What if everything just felt the same? Is there something that they actually have to accomplish that they have to do over the course of these next... um, over the course of these next few games, uh, these next couple months, in order to actually prove what they need to do? I don't think so. I don't think that they need to do anything specifically. like Because they are the former champions. Like They are the team that did just win the championship. And they're not really scared of anybody. Like You look at the rest of the Western Conference, and here's the current top ten. Just like, it's here, here it is. Number one, Minnesota. Number two, OKC. Number three, the Clippers. Number four, Denver. Number five, Phoenix. Number six, New Orleans. Number seven, Dallas. Number eight, Sacramento. Number nine, the Lakers. And number 10, the Warriors. Is Denver trying to manipulate the standings at all in order to face any of those teams in the West? Probably not. Like, let's say you're a top four seed if you're Denver you're most likely going to face one of the five to eight seats. Phoenix, New Orleans, Dallas, Sacramento. All those teams will be challenging them in their own ways. I think the easiest matchup for Denver is probably New Orleans, just because they've got Jonas Valanciunas. They probably don't have as much like firepower in order to really match what Denver is going to do. Zion Williamson is obviously a unique challenge, but Denver has a couple of bodies in order to match up with him physically. In Aaron Gordon... 
and Michael Porter and Peyton Watson and guys like that. They could play Zeke Naji a little bit more. I don't think that they have a lot of fears of anybody from the five to eight seats or so. They just don't. They don't at all. Nor should they. Like, yeah, Sacramento has beaten them three times, and that's probably one that you're like, okay, I don't doesn't necessarily feel great that Denver's not playing their best against a team like the Kings. But I still wouldn't consider that one where I'm, oh, yeah, really worried about what Sacramento's going to bring to the table here. And it's fine. That's not a it's not a problem. Um. And so is Denver trying to get home court advantage versus Minnesota or OKC or LA like the Clippers? I don't think so either. Like I don't think that they need that. I don't think that they are super frustrated about okay, hey, if we don't get if we don't get home court advantage, then we're not going to come out of the West. I don't think anybody believes that. Even Michael Malone, and Michael Malone would love to have home court advantage and like throughout the entire playoffs if he can. But it's just not as important as just getting through it properly. Now, you want to give yourself the easiest path. And I think that Denver, they're not going to try to avoid getting a top three seed in the West. Like they're going to try. They're just not going to go all out for it. Like they're going to prioritize health, as I mentioned. And so if you can get like, the two seed, for example. Let's say Minnesota's the one seed, Denver's the two seed, OKC is the three seed, and the Clippers are the four seed. And then Denver has to face, let's say it's Dallas in the first round. Denver versus Dallas will be an interesting series. I think it would probably go Denver in five or six, but what Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving could do, obviously, they'd They'd make that pretty competitive in ways that the Phoenix Suns did last year, where they're just an unstoppable kind of pick and roll and isolation duo, and they could space Denver out. And yeah, Denver will be able to score pretty easily in that series, but you get a couple of games where you just can't stop Phoenix or you can't stop Dallas at all. It could probably end up being a six-game series. And then you face OKC in the second round. Like, you're just supposed to win in that series. And if Denver doesn't win in that series, then that would be a, I'd be pretty critical of them. Like, if you're healthy and everything is equal and OKC's got their full roster, OKC's probably, like, they've played the better regular season pace right now and they've, they've got the better regular season numbers. But I just trust Jokic and Murray to rise to the level that OKC just can't get. And they, they will eventually get to that level, but it's going to take some time. And then you have to go on the road to face Minnesota. Denver's already won in Minnesota last year. Like, they won game three. They won the most important game. Can they win another one and then defend their own home court? Yeah, absolutely. So you win game one or game two against Minnesota. You win games three and four in Denver. You lose game five. And then you come back and win game six. That feels like a pretty standard run for Denver, if I'm not mistaken. Like, Denver can do that. They can absolutely do that. Now, could Minnesota beat them? Sure. Absolutely. Like, these teams can beat Denver. There's there's no... Like, if Denver is not fully healthy, or if they're not fully optimized, then they can be beaten. They can. But I still think that if you put your... If you put Denver into a situation where they can... Like, they're right at the precipice of going to the NBA Finals... I just don't see how they're going to be stopped. 
Like I'd, I'd be very surprised if even Minnesota, a team that has great defensive personnel, that has great matchups against Jokic and Murray specifically, like I would just be surprised if Denver didn't find a way to solve that. So we'll see. But here's something that I wanted to kind of end the podcast with. The past five NBA champions before the Nuggets all had to go through this. They all had to go through the next year. They all had to figure out what they were going to do, how they were going to approach the playoffs. Like they had to try to repeat, and it's it's tough to repeat. And I think each of the last five years, teams have seen why. It's it's pretty tough. Going in reverse order, the 2023 Warriors last year. So last year when Denver won the championship, the Warriors won it in 2022. In 2023, they were shaky. They were shaky all year. The starting lineup was still very good, but Jordan Poole was broken by that punch by Draymond Green. Their chemistry was broken. They were trying to mix and match. They had lost Otto Porter and Nemanja Bielitsa, and they were trying to figure out, okay, they even lost Gary Payton the second to Portland before trading for him during the middle of the year. They were trying to figure out, okay, how the hell do we get back the chemistry that we had last year? And they couldn't. They never could. The 2022 Bucks, the one in 2021, they were good that year. There's no doubt about it. But they also lost Chris Middleton in the playoffs. They lost him before the second round playoff series that they played against Boston. They nearly won that series anyway, but they just didn't have enough to get over Boston at that point. And so the Bucks were like, they're in a tough spot. You, you don't have your full complement of players, and sometimes it's just how the cookie crumbles. The 2021 Lakers, the one in the bubble in 2020, they were shaky that year, even before losing Anthony Davis in the playoffs. They also had LeBron hurt at, the, at that point, but that was the year that they faced Phoenix in the first round. It looked like the Lakers were going to win that, but then Anthony Davis gets hurt in Game 4 and can't play for the rest of the series. And the Lakers just didn't have enough at that point. The year before that, the Raptors in 2020, after winning in 2019, they had already lost Kawhi Leonard in free agency, so nobody really expected them to replicate it. They played pretty well as a team, but they just didn't have enough. And then the 2019 Warriors before them. Those Warriors were injured. They dealt with injuries throughout that entire time. KD, heading into the playoffs, was going to miss plenty of time. And... They were already fraying at the seams, though. Their chemistry was fraying. And it just it felt like things were coming to a head at that point. And they were going through a lot of problems. And then, ultimately, they lost Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson in the NBA Finals to season-ending injuries and, like, long-term injuries. So that's what ultimately stopped them. What I'm trying to get at is that you go through all that, that list. You go through all those teams. And then you think about Denver this year. Think about the adversity that they've had to face by comparison. Which teams are actually challenging them? Which like threats there are to their chances to repeat? There's not really the same threats. There's just not. For whatever reason, Denver and, like, knock on wood, obviously. Denver is in a pretty good spot where none of these things are really happening. Happening. The chemistry is good. The team is playing together. Nobody punched anybody in the face that we know of. Uh, the injuries are, are currently currently at a good place, like where they are not super injured. They are trying to get as healthy as possible. 
they are not in a situation where the same formula they put out last year is not working this year. It's working just as well. And the numbers are basically the same. Like They're not really struggling here. They're right on track. And as long as they can stay healthy, they're going to be okay. This is going to be a team that, when getting into the playoffs, is going to be a very, very tough out. I don't know if they're going to win it. I don't know if they're going to repeat or anything like that. But what I do know is that they're in a better position to repeat than any of the other champions in the last five years. At least as it stands right now on February 21st, 2024. If Denver can get to the playoffs healthy, they'll be in a great spot. If they can get into a position where they're a top three seed, they'll be even better. Because top three seeds win in the playoffs. You want an easy run. You want an opportunity to succeed. You want to give yourself the best chance to win. And the best way for Denver to do it is to be fully healthy, is to be a top three seed, and to approach this year in this playoffs with a certain level of edge. That, oh, you doubted us? You doubted us throughout the year? Well, here's something for you. Actual final thing. Uh, I bookmarked something from earlier today. Um, Basketball Reference has put out, they just put out something earlier today that was basically saying, here are the championship odds for the NBA coming out of the All-Star break. They said that their projections currently give Boston nearly a 50% chance to take home the trophy this season. Celtics were at 47.5% to win the championship. The T-Wolves, 14.8. The Thunder, 14.3. The Clippers, 6.1. You have to go all the way down to ninth place to find the Nuggets at 1.6%. And it's because Denver's net rating, it's because their details have not been as good this year. But to be honest, they weren't that great last year either. They were not this awesome net rating team that was killing the opposition whenever they needed to. It is interesting to see what's going on here. Uh, Denver's underrated. They're underrated by the markets right now. Uh, The betting markets still have them as a, not a co-favorite, but like Boston is still the, Boston is the favorite in the NBA to win the title. They are. They are the best team from a statistical perspective. And they've probably got the most talent. But it is interesting that Denver has fallen off in a lot of these projections. And I'm going to sit here and say that I'm not betting on Boston to win this thing over Denver. I'm just not. Like, Denver's done it. They know what they're doing. They've gone through this before. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do next. Should be fun. Folks, that is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. We've got Nuggets basketball tomorrow. Should be a lot of fun. Really looking forward to it. Going to go see the team once again. Uh, basketball's right right, right along track. Like, going to be a lot of fun. Been a while since Denver's played. Going to be interesting to see how they approach it, but I'm looking forward to seeing what happens over these next five games. Should really set the tone for what's to come for the rest of the year. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the show. Please hit the like button on the way out. I will talk to you guys on Friday with a special guest. Bye.